0: Hey, this is Stan from The Most Popular Girls in School. I know, right? Impressive. You will listen to the PF Tape Recorder. Enjoy it. Then, give me a call.
1: Hello there. I'm PF. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's Dave Attell for the whole episode.
0: Retro. Adult. Adult entertainment is way different than today's Wi-Fi, super fast, compilation, looped. There's a lot more story back then, things that you would never expect in a porn like a car chase or you know just incredibly dramatic scenes.
1: We'll hear more from Dave in just a minute. I promise just have uh, a few business items to get out of the way. Uh, the reason you're getting Dave tell for the whole show is because it's, it's listener appreciation week. Um, we had a really busy Memorial Day. I uh, had three days there to get other stuff done then turn right around on Friday, May 31st. and went to one of our favorite vacation destinations Southern Indiana, home of Holiday World, uh, the famous amusement park, the world's first themed amusement park by the way kids. And uh, for more information on Southern Indiana and Holiday World, uh, go to to pfradio.podbean.com. I wrote an article for City Beat about two years ago about all the wonderful things to do in southern Indiana. And boy, it's uh if you've never been, you've gotta go, particularly if you're within the Midwest, you're within driving distance. I know a lot of folks talk about Branson, Missouri, and Gatlinburg, and Branson have never been. Gatlinburg I have. Love Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg is a, a nice mix of, you know, real high quality stuff to do, the great Smoky Mountains park there, and you know, kind of some maybe some tackier uh, touristy things that you kind of recall from when you were a kid, which are, which are great fun. But Southern Indiana, all high-quality stuff, and it's just amazing the amount of stuff you can do there, apart from Holiday World. There's historical stuff. You can ride horses. You can go over to Evansville, which is uh, about a 20, 30-minute drive from Santa Claus, Indiana. They have a brand-new uh, upgraded zoo. The zoo's been there for ages, but they just did some renovations to it a couple years ago, and it is it is superb. So... And check out Southern Indiana. There's a link on the Podbean page as well for the Visitors Bureau. There, you can check all that out. So uh, that's why we were so busy, and now you're getting david tell for the whole episode. So it's a win-win for everybody, quite honestly. Uh, check out Fangirl's photo blog. She'll be posting pictures from Holiday World and the big uh, roller coaster event they had there. And let me see. Oh, and coming up in the next couple of weeks, I'm uh, gonna try to do some different things here on the show. I'm gonna do some uh, some concept shows, and I'll let you know more about those as soon as those are developed. Uh, those involve some pretty cool interviews, at least one of them does. Uh, and then there's another cool interview uh, on its own coming up. And what else? Um, I guess that is about it. Uh, I will stop yakking and we'll get right to the interview with David Tell. Oh, and about the David Tell interview, I just have to remind you that the audio quality is a bit tinny only because uh, they would not let me call him from Skype. I, he had to call me on a cell phone to a regular phone, which I stuck a mic up against. So it sounds a little tinny. I apologize for that, but you know, some guys don't like you calling them. Be quite honest. I would be one of those guys. So I have no no harm, no foul on Dave. Certainly, nice to talk with us for half an hour. And here is our interview with Dave Attell. Okay, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's Dave Attell. Dave, how you doing? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on the show. No, this is huge. I I know you. I know you tried to deny it, but uh, you are a comedian's comedian, sir.
0: Uh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I've heard it before, yes. Um, I think that's a compliment, DS.
1: Well there you go. Uh and and a well deserved one. Um so what are you up to uh these days? I know um you were working on that show on Showtime and uh, I don't have cable though, so I don't I don't even know if that's if that's still going on or I was trying to look it up earlier.
0: Uh well, uh we're not coming back for a third season, unfortunately, but uh what I'm trying to do now is take uh Season one, season two, and put them on a DVD so I can get them to people like yourself who don't have cable who didn't get a chance to see it. So uh, I'm working on that now, and then uh, that should come out probably by the end of the
1: summer, whenever I uh, can, uh, you know, get it all together. So I think it'll be cool. Cool. So, um, see, the last time I spoke to you, gosh, it was like five years ago. You were uh, doing the Gong Show uh, for Comedy Central, but um, that didn't work out. no, yeah, <laughs> I. I, I heard in an interview you said that you you had a lot of great ideas, but they weren't really keen on letting you do any of them.
0: Yeah, no. I think what they really wanted was just basically a retread of the old show. And uh, I must have uh, said it a couple times that in the age of YouTube, it's really hard to like shock anybody. You know, like uh, there's so many talent shows out there now. So I really feel like we didn't get the best of uh of anything. You know, we didn't we didn't get to do any really crazy, wacky stuff, we didn't um, get to really, uh, (laughs) we didn't get to really be as funny as I thought it could be, so, yeah, I was disappointed doing it.
1: So, what was the inspiration for the, for the, for the last show?
0: It's called Dave's Old Porn, and uh, for those of the people who haven't seen it, they can check out the clips I have at the Dave's Old Porn dot com, or follow us at at Old Porn, and I just wanted to self-promote for a minute. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the, the inspiration, I guess, is just basically, you know, retro porn from the 70s and 80s and the iconic stars who made it. And then I bring out a lot of comics to kind of a uh, mystery science theater riff on the on the clips. Oh, okay. And I do, like, a tribute to them. So that's, you know, it's pretty simple, um, a lot of fun, unscripted, uncensored. And that was the cool thing about it. It really was uh, pretty much outside of penetration, we showed pretty much as much as we could. Oh, okay. You know? So it was good for the fans of the retro, and it was also a lot of fun to do. You know, because you really never know how it's going to go since there's
1: unscripted. Well, do you think it was maybe um, <clears throat> too niche? Because I know, I guess a lot of that stuff from back then it, y- isn't really what's happening now. The young, the young people don't like a lot of that that kind of stuff. They're, I'm sorry, a different space.
0: Can you can you start again? Yeah, yeah.
1: There, um, maybe was. Do you think it was maybe uh, more of a niche thing? Because a lot of the young people, you know, what they're watching now isn't the same as what we were watching back in the day. A lot of the elements are different, shall we say.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, Retro adult entertainment is way different than today's. Wi-Fi, super fast, compilation loops, stuff like that. Yeah, so there is there's a lot more story back then. There was a lot of, uh, you know, there's things that you would never expect in a porn, like a car chase or, you know, just incredibly dramatic scenes. You know, people are... uh, you know, really acting, or they're trying to, and it's, it's, it's kind of hilarious, but you give them credit, because it really was, you know, a movie, movie, and uh, there was a lot of sex in it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's all sex.
1: So I guess you've, you followed your passion with this project.
0: Yeah. It was, uh, it was one of those things where, uh, when they, <laughs> I could have kept doing it for years, I have that much <laughs> uh, belief in it. <laughs>
1: Um, you were saying on Stern's show, though, though, that you had to actually pony up some of the dough for it, which is, is that, Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Uh, I think in today's world of television, you know, especially with these kind of hybrid projects, which is what I call this, uh, there isn't that much money to make them. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, these kind of shows from now on will be done very quickly and very cheaply. And, uh, you know, because it's kind of in that vein of reality shows where they really just yeah. bang out the whole series in a couple of months and, you know, just uh, a lot of that. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't really mind putting the money into it. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was really more about, like, uh, the time. It took me a long time to do it. I'd never really produced a show before, and I did, you know, a lot of the editing, uh, I, was, I was there for all of it, you know. So it really was, like, months and months and months and months of uh, editing. Because we had so much good stuff, it was really hard to make it all together into one show. You know, to have like a beginning, middle, and end.
1: Ah. But doing the research for it probably very enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Well, that was easy. That was <laughs> that was cake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, what do you have your uh, your sights set on now? What's the what's the next project?
0: Well, that's a good question. I really just want to go back out on the road and do as much. and Um. And I, uh, uh, yeah, just go out on the road and just uh, really you know work on my act, you know, because that's really what I do, you know. I'm a stand-up, so uh, hopefully down the road I'll
1: do a comedy special, and then um, you know retire, huh? There you, there you go. Um, so do, do you think you know you you know having been in the business a while, um, do you think the comedy you know always people always talk about the, you know speaking of the '80s, which is what you know your your show is about, sort of. Comedy from back then and comedy now has, has it changed a lot from then to now as it did from say the fifties to the eighties.
0: I don't know. Um, I think the two big things are the social media. You know, everybody has to promote, wants to promote, you know, themselves and their act, and everybody is doing it. And then uh, the other thing would be that the audience really has a lot of feedback on your act, so from whether, whether you're a new person or an old hand, you know, someone who's established or even famous, you know, there's a lot of feedback from these people, both good and bad. And, um, you know, personally, I, I don't see what the big deal is about all that stuff, but it seems that's what uh, everybody's talking about now. But uh, I guess we do live in an age of, like, really amazing um, television, you know. So, uh, you know, people do like really good content, Uh, stand-up-wise, I think people are very, you know, judgmental, uh, comedy's really subjective, and, uh, you know, people come to the club with a lot of their own, uh, you know, uh, political correctness and, you know, idea of what is funny and not funny, and, uh, that's cool, because there's the audience, but they really seem to take it, take it to the next level, like, when they, you know, get upset, and, uh, you know, like, whatever, Twitter hate the guy, or whatever, I mean, these are just jokes there's a lot of other, uh, you know, uh, things to get upset about, but I would say that, yeah, no, it's, it's not as fun as it used to be, uh, let's face it, you know, we live in a world of, of uh, you know, it's not that much fun anymore, you can't smoke inside, you can't do anything, so, uh, you know, it's as good as it's going to be, but it probably is the last place that you're going to hear not only inappropriate stuff, but also like really cool, interesting, just like, unformed ideas, and I think that's what really attracts a lot of people to stand-up, you know. But I, if you ask me, like, I hate to ramble, but if you ask me, what is the coolest thing? It's like when you meet somebody who really is a comedy fan and really likes not just your stuff but other guys that you like or, you know, people that you find that are funny and they really know material and, you know, they've seen a lot of shows. Those are the people that, like, we got to, like, support. These are, like, the endangered species comedy right. fans.
1: You, you bring up a, a good point about the fact that, you know, people seem to like uh, good content. And having been, you know, a content creator, not only in terms of stand-up, but in terms of television, do you, do you think it's a case where we, we actually need all this massive amount of content we have in order to get down to at least a workable um, amount of really good content?
0: I don't know, man. I, I really, like I said, uh, the whole web thing, no, I think it's great that these people finally have a way to express themselves, but, you know... There, um, a lot of it. A lot of it has to do with them posting their own videos, and that's great. You know, I, I don't really I don't know how that affects stand-up. The doing it, getting better at it, or anything like that. for me, it's always going to be uh, a club thing done in front of a crowd. And you know, you could do all these videos and stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't think that you know videos and Twitter. It doesn't make you a comic. You know, uh, stand-up comic way like we are, but. I'm not putting it down, I'm just saying it's a different element, a different style, a different, you know, process. That's the word, process. So, but I I really don't know what to say, like, you know, it seems to be a never-ending amount of content.
1: Do you think, though, that some of these things like Twitter, because some guys, it seems, like, made for them as a nice little practice field, but for other guys that maybe are more storytellers, you know, that maybe that's not their thing, and, you know, YouTube, even though people accept YouTube as a vehicle, unless you can really put some production behind it, you know, it's not that worthwhile so you think it, some guys t- are better uh i guess equipped to handle the, the the technology as far as their act goes
0: uh i know i'm not I, like i like i said i could i kind of throw up my hands with all this self-promotion and social media stuff that you know i try and do the bare minimum because i feel like you know when when i'm working on my act you know at the clubs and all that kind of stuff it's like it's my thing when i when i uh I don't know. Maybe it's just I, I, I'm, uh, I'm not into broadcasting myself the way other people like to do it. I, I just feel like it's goofy and uncomfortable for me, and that, you know, who gives a, can I say it? Who gives a shit what I think or sure. say? Or, you know, it's like, I don't think anything I do is particularly relevant or important. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like the, the basic, uh, you know, club experience and the working on the material and coming up with new jokes, but all the, you know, I guess the next level of it is, uh, hey, let me just get to the point. I can barely sell T-shirts, let alone do all <laughs> the. stuff. there you go. That sums
1: it up. So it's when you,
0: good, yeah, go ahead. I'm not a good businessman. Uh, okay. That's what
1: we're at. Yeah, that's that's another thing, though. I mean, it, it, and do you think guys are 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 better businessmen in the industry, or they're just better at finding people? Because you know, sometimes it's a matter of partnering up with somebody that maybe knows the business side you know and while you just handle the comedy
0: um, I don't know I mean I, I I really try and keep my eye on the on the act on the shows and then everything else you know I, I try and be an adult and take care of all the other stuff but uh, it's not for me you know it's it's like some acts are are just money money machines when it comes to merch you know people want to buy the merch you know I'll hang out take a couple pictures and I pull t-shirts and DVDs it just seems like my crowd is either not into it or they just don't got the coin. So, you know, I'm just glad they came to the show. You know, I'm not trying to be uh, humble about it. I'm just trying to tell you how it is. And uh, I'm just excited that they come down and get my get my act. You
1: know? Yeah, yeah.
0: I it it tip, seems... But, uh, most other stuff seems to take a lot of time away from that, you know.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, because it, ultimately you want to be working on material. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it it seems, you know, like uh, when I talk to a lot of people about, you know, how they uh, got in the comedy, who some of the, you know, influences were. The name Dave Attell comes up a lot, especially in the New York crowd. I mean, even more so than than Louis or Gaffigan or Regan. And uh, I was wondering, do you think that as you've gotten, you know, further along in this, that you're actually better suited for your audience than, say, a younger comic is to a young audience, because that that area is just so fragmented.
0: Uh, you know, there's it there's good and bad to all that, but uh, uh, I think people like the other comics. You know, I'm a club comic, and that like I'm really old about new material, and I really do try it and, and try and push myself in the audience. And that's like, especially for New York people, like since we get a lot of stage time here, you got to do that. You know, I feel like that's the only way to grow and get better and all that stuff. And I'd say I'm an okay comic, a good comic, but I'm not a great comic like the names you said earlier. You know, these guys really. Know what they do, know what they want to do. You know, they have a very unique voice, and you uh, know, I'm lucky that I've actually got to work with most of the names you just said. Um, when you talk about like, uh, you know, older to younger. Now, nah, I always feel that like the older you are in the audience, there's, like that disconnect of just experience and also, you know, what they're what they're thinking. Like, I don't know what they're what they're thinking. You know. I guess it has to do with something with an app or something or <laughs> something new, you know, some new thing. But there's some, I guess, things that are timeless, you know. You know, the drinking stuff, the, uh, you know, porn stuff. That seems to be international and timeless. And, um, you know, all that stuff is uh, relatable to everybody, especially kids in their 20s. They're, you know, just starting to go out and party and you know, all that kind of stuff. I feel for these these kids because I feel like, they, you, know, they, you know, the economy, terrorism... You know, it's just a uh, it's just a like a lot of a lot of you know just horrible horrible uh, times they live in, and now uh, you know they have to go out and kind of do their thing, and you know I assume at some point they're going to flip out and like oh hey let's all become Amish we're done with the whole <laughs> you web know, done with it but not yet they seem to really love it.
1: But on the other end of that. With the old, as you know, as America ages overall, and as comedy audiences age, because when I go to the clubs, I still see you know folks around my age and even older sometimes. You know, we're you and I are almost the same age. You're only a few years older than me. And but so you have experiences though, and things that these people don't. So I'm thinking you you might you certainly play better to a, a an audience of of our age than these these kids because even though these kids can be funny, and I remember what it's like to go out drinking and stuff when I was 20. I don't really have any interest in it, you know, and I've, and I think I've heard all the jokes I, I can hear about it, whereas I think you're kind of bringing a, a perspective to it that's, you know, has a bit of experience behind it.
0: Yeah, but they, they're young. They're not supposed to respect anybody older than them, and I totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I guess see the, the one thing that, you know, is the big difference is their political correctness. They've been raised differently. They've been, you know, helicopter-mommed a little bit. You know, they've, they've had their... Uh, They've been a little bit more sheltered, I think, than you know um, when I was around their age. Because uh, it's just the world is a more dangerous place, I guess. I, I don't know. I, you know, it just seems that when we were younger, we ran towards the danger and excitement. Now these kids have been taught to stay away or just, you know, take a picture of it. I don't know. <laughs> on their on their self
1: and look at it later.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's like sense of adventure. I feel like. That, that that kind of thing is not there with them they're very they're very good about like figuring it out and like you know they're very uh, in their heads. that's what, that's what they say Whereas like in the when I started in the late 80s and the 90s especially in New York you know not being very good at comedy for a long long time it, every show is a battle of like just getting the crowd to listen to me you know now like they're very polite and they listen but I wouldn't think that they particularly get it you know back then when you landed a joke you know you landed one now like it's kind of like you know sometimes uh... you know it can't speak for every crowd but sometimes it's just like a, a little like chuckle or a lot of groaning because it's inappropriate <laughs> and then, uh, you shuffle onto the next bit hoping that you'll hit and uh... that's kind of sad because you know if they're this if, if this generation is really this you know brutish now when they get older we can only imagine what we're heading towards you know some kind of uh draconian world i guess yeah you know, but fun.
1: but even it's a, a really groan fun. but even a groan's a reaction though isn't it that's just maybe the way they've been taught to react and they you know they secretly think it's funny because you know they I and mean, have gross out humor is always popular and i'm not saying it's the same thing as that but it's you know that yeah,
0: used to bother me it used to bother me the groaning but now it doesn't you're right it is a reaction so that's true i agree with that so when you it used to were... me, now it does
1: when you were working on the show, I guess you didn't have a lot of time to uh, be doing stand-up dates because, like you said, you were busy editing and, and researching. Of course, always researching. Um, so, was it hard to get back into that space, though, or did you have stuff kind of built up and set aside here and there that you could could put back together to head back out? Yeah, no,
0: I never stopped doing stand-up. I mean, I I didn't do it as much, but I always okay a couple times a week. Like, I, that's just like since since I've been you know in my early twenties, I've always been stand-up. The only a few times, you know, funerals, just, you know, you know, tragedies, I guess, 9-11, and, you know, Hurricane Sandy, even, we did stand up to, you know, Generator, so, it's like, you know, the comics, give them credit, man, like, you know, we're not bands or anything like that, but we take it seriously, like, you know, stage time is key, and, like, especially, you know, the younger guys, and, you know, they, there's a show, they'll do it, you know, and that's... How we are, you know. The situation is is secondary to just like the ability to get
1: on stage. So, so uh, what what kind of things have you, are, are new and exciting that you're talking about on stage that you're kind of anxious to put in front uh, of
0: us? Nothing. I mean, I try and keep it a little topical, but uh, so far, you know, all the topical stuff has just been, um, you know, too sad. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm always looking for, you know, the good joke about like the economy. You know, a good joke about the weather, a good joke about, you know, the new and interesting topic, uh, you know, uh, being an older guy. You know, there's a lot of great old stuff to talk about, you know, my prostate,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> uh, you know, just being old. And I think that's fun because uh, everybody relates to that, you know. Yes. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's really, it, for me, it's, it's really about throwing a bunch of stuff out there and then seeing what clicks and then working on that, trying to develop it into like a hump, you know, a, a chunk of material.
1: And so uh, when, when you're coming to a, a club uh, like in Minneapolis, is that are you more kind of fired up for the, the club crowd because it's really your space, or do you like uh, sometimes like playing the theaters where it's uh, where people are definitely there, they've come to see you and make an evening of it? or?
0: Uh, no, that's a great question because I do like a theater show. It's called The Anti-Social T- Tour with Jim Norton, Artie Lang, and, uh, Amy Schumer, who we're very lucky to have on this floor. We do these theater shows, big theaters, and, like, uh, you know, we all get to do about 20, 30 minutes, and it's a great way to do theater shows, because we all have our own different fan bases, and, like, they all seem to mix pretty well together, because it's kind of, like, gigantic last hurrah of dirty material, you know, <laughs> like, all pretty, uh, blue, Yeah. And, uh, It's a lot of fun to hang out with the other people, too, you know, on the tour. So that's my theater shows that I do now. I don't really do any one-offs myself. Most of the stuff I like to do is club stuff. I like to do club work. And uh, I love the acting club. I haven't been there in years and years and years. Like, uh, I played outside of Minneapolis at the mall. That was, yeah, that was, I'm not even going to, yeah, that was rough. And then I played uh, the theater there, which was great. But I'm really looking forward to getting back to the club because the crowds in Minneapolis are really cool. They are very into comedy, they know a lot about comedy, and they also like uh, to come and see it, and that's really, like I said earlier, this comedy fan, like the people who will come out actually and see comedy, that's like really difficult, because there's so much comedy on the web, there's so much comedy, everybody's making their own video, I mean like, you know, there's like we said, there's a wealth of content, very little audience, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm here in Cincinnati, and um, you know, we have a club like that too. go bananas, and we have another club across the river. And it does seem like, and uh, in, in, in same thing with Minneapolis. And again, you know, the other two clubs are, are great, respectively. It just seems that with the, those other clubs, people are going to see a comedy show and maybe not really caring about who it is, which is fine. You know, be, you know, get butts in the seats. That's cool. But where the people coming to go bananas or Acme are really more comedy aficionados, and know oh, what yeah. they're going to see. And even if they don't, they know what a stand-up comedy show is.
0: Sure, I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Um, and let me ask you, from Duke, because I, I I'm big on this. Well, I'm almost doing this new feature on uh, the podcast called "A Thing That's Not a Thing." You know, for example, uh, people on food stamp that really have iPhones, which I think is a thing that's not a thing. And one that came up the other day, I thought of because I heard someone one comedians talking about it, is the bachelorette party thing. Is that really a thing? Does that really happen a lot, or does that just happen enough that people have made jokes about it? And it's just uh, it's just a, a kind of a stand-in for anyone interrupting the show.
0: That's a good question. I know it happens a lot of my shows. It seems to be always the bachelor party. Oh, so. really?
1: Oh, well, there you go. Huh.
0: That's all right. That would be the last place I'd want to go. It's some dirty old man's <laughs> show. But uh, they seem to, like, want to go out and have a couple of laughs. But what the thing... The weird thing is, is that there's a lot of bachelor parties at a comedy show because it used to be guys go to strip clubs and women do whatever they do. Oh, you
1: know, yeah.
0: Or something. Hmm. Now, guys are coming there, and I'm wondering if they come because they're very metro and like this is like you know strip clubs or you know old hats whatever nobody wants to do that or because or they're like very already cow-cowed by their lady so i never really know what to think
1: Oh uh, yeah, that's it, it, as we discussed but before going, now
0: you can to a strip club and they'll go no this is it yeah or not you
1: know like you said that sheltered upbringing may have uh, had an effect on it yeah maybe maybe they yeah. come maybe they come I have see no uh... Idea. maybe they come see I'm amy schumer talk I'm filthy for coffee. half an hour Dude.
0: Sorry, I was talking while you were talking. Anyway, <laughs> okay. uh, I am looking forward to the shows, and I love that you're helping me get the uh, word out here on, on, on the comedy thing. And, you know, the cool thing about uh, getting to do, like, you know, a lot of club work is that you know, I will be bringing a lot of new material. So that's that's definite. And uh, like I said, I haven't played Minneapolis in a long time. So I really am looking forward to it. I'm excited.
1: And you'll be touring uh, throughout the summer because uh, we have uh, almost 1,000 yeah. listeners all over the country. <laughs>
0: That's excellent, dude. See, that's the cool thing to talk about, which is the podcast. Which, you know, like I, I've done uh, a lot of my friends who are comics podcasts, and yeah, so that, you know, podcast has replaced talk radio, and because it's better than talk radio, and you know, I think kids want to, kids relate to it better because they feel like it's just two people talking. There's no, there's no real like, uh, you know, selling going on. You know, yeah, we're, we're both not selling a product, I guess, except our, our souls.
1: <laughs> the man's not behind it.
0: Right. Anyway, man, I really appreciate you having me on, and
1: uh, no problem. I hope, I hope this is cool. Oh yeah, no, this. In fact, you're going to be uh, you're going to be the whole show actually, because um, oh, this, I do know this worked out uh, perfectly because I've got I have a I've got two gigs next week and a vacation, and so um, yeah, this will be oh, run, okay. the whole show. Dave Attell, which is quite exciting.
0: Where are you at? So, What's that? Where Where are your gigs?
1: Um, I do uh, well, I'm gonna be in a con- comedy contest here in Cincinnati one of those kind of in a oh, okay. funny local that's Wednesday and then I do a regular trivia gig next door uh, at the uh, other bar um, Kind of a comedy okay. trivia thing yeah and then yeah I'm gonna go see uh, my Cleveland Indians are in town against the Reds on Tuesday and then we're out of town on Friday on vacation so Cool man yeah
0: hey I
1: like it cool man uh, hey, well, before I let you go it, you know once again
0: it's Dave dot okay. Oh yeah, There's a lot of people who didn't get to see the show, and uh, that would give them a good taste of what it is. So, As it were. Got the clips. <laughs> All right, man. Have a great trip.
1: Have fun in Minneapolis. Thanks. Hope we'll see you in Cincinnati sometime soon. All right, man. All right. Thanks, bro. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Dave Attell for being on the show. You can catch Dave Attell in Greenwood, Colorado, uh, Greenwood Village, Colorado. I believe it's a suburb of Denver at the Comedy Works South. June 7th and 8th. For more Dave Attell dates, go to DaveAttell.com and you'll also have updates on other things Dave is involved in as well. Okay, and as part of listener appreciation week, I won't bore you with any other credits except to say check out Fangirl's photo blog. Remember, uh, go to, I guess, checkhae.tumblr.com and that'll direct you to the photo blog where you'll see all the holiday roll pics. I don't think the microphone can pick this up. She is diligently putting away dishes right now, so she's doing her chores like a good youngin. And uh, that's all I have for this week. Other than to say, so long and thanks for listening.